The following podcast is a Dear Media production. Hey guys, it's Gabby, and welcome back to What's Gabby Cooking in Quarantine. For those of you who don't know me, I'm Gabby. I'm the founder of What's Gabby Cooking, which is a food website. I'm a best-selling author. I have a line of products sold at Williams Sonoma, and now I'm a podcast host. What's Gabby Cooking in Quarantine is your one-stop shop for all your food-related questions, especially during quarantine. We're going to be talking tips and tricks, how to store food, how to put together pantry meals, and more. We're going to have guests. We're going to highlight companies that are doing incredible things in terms of home delivery, since we're all limiting the amount of time we're going out to the markets, and basically everything else under the sun. So without further ado, this is What's Gabby Cooking in Quarantine. Hi, everybody. How are we doing today? I feel like things are... The same as last time we talked. I hope everyone is hanging in there and living their best lives and experimenting in the kitchen, cooking new recipes. I have been living for everyone posting what's got be cooking recipes on Insta stories. There are a lot. I'm trying to repost all of them, but I just feel like that's overwhelming. So I'm just posting some really, really good gems. So keep it up. We have lots of fun questions for today. Thomas is also here. Hi, Thomas. Hello. How's everyone doing? So without further ado, here we go. Hey, this is Lindsay from Oakland. Um, My question is, if you are dying to get outside, maybe go for a nice long hike, what would you take on a picnic? All right. Look forward to the podcast. Bye. Hi, Lindsay from Oakland. Um, A, thank you for calling in. And B, let's talk about picnics because I feel like we all need to be getting a little bit of vitamin D every day, but in the safest way possible. So one, I hope you're going out to your picnic or your hike with a mask on because that's the new rule in California and it's good for all of us. But two, let's talk about things that travel really well for picnics. For me, every time we go either on a hike or to the park or something before quarantine, I would make like one of those giant paninis or something. Like I would take a loaf of ciabatta bread, slice it in half, stuff it with whatever you have in the fridge. If you have cheese, if you have deli meat, if you have vegetables, maybe some pesto and then like grill it on your panini press, wrap it in tinfoil or parchment paper even and pop it in a backpack. I think that usually travels really well. Also, if you have leftover pasta and you want to make a cold pasta salad, that's another thing. That travels really well for picnics. Thomas Thomas has opinions. Gabby, do you remember when we were up in Seattle and we went on that hike and you brought literally like a five course meal on the hike? Absolutely. I remember it was the highlight of my day. <laughs> and so Gabby loaded everything up with like four different types of chocolate bars and chocolate almonds and potato chips. And we did do sandwiches. And when we got up to the top of the hike of this mountain, which was all fogged in, so the view wasn't great. We had an amazing feast. And so I think it's just like, what makes you happy? And what are you going to crave when you're hungry at the end of this hike? And think like the more you bring with you, if you eat it all there, it's less to carry back with you. You're forgetting one very important thing that I brought. My favorite food in the whole wide world. Your chocolate caramel balls? I don't remember. Hummus. Hummus forgot all about my hummus addiction. You had a full charcuterie board pretty much up there, like hummus and all the different vegetables. We had a lot of food for like 
a two hour hike. That was before the quarantine though. So that was back when I was buying buying food a little willy nilly. Hummus is another one that travels really well and you can eat it at room temperature. I think that's the key for when you're packing for a picnic or like a urban walk or whatever it is you plan on going on. You need food that's going to stay fresh, not get soggy, and it's okay to eat at room temperature. So if you guys have opinions on picnic foods, DM them to me. I would love to do a roundup or something on Insta stories in the near future. All right. Who's next? Hi, Gavi. It's Megan Haas from Connecticut. Hope you're well. I'm so excited about your podcast. I currently have three red onions and two big sweet potatoes. I also have almond milk, but nothing more. I really don't want to go to the grocery store. So I was wondering what you would make with that. I also have olive oil, salt, pepper, all that good stuff. But um, if you could let me know what you would do, that would be awesome. Congratulations. Bye. Hi, Megan. Oh my gosh, you guys. Megan is a rock star with all the What's Gobby cooking recipes. So I'm so excited you called in. Let's talk red onions and sweet potatoes and almond milk. So I have multiple thoughts on this. The first thing that came to my mind was to use one of the red onions and both sweet potatoes and make like a little bit of a hash. You want to dice the onion, dice the sweet potato, and then saute them probably for the same amount of time. So you could do it in the same skillet um, until they're really like dark and caramelized and delicious. And then you can use that and put a fried egg on it, or you can throw it into a scrambled egg or a breakfast taco or something like that. Or then with the other two remaining onions, if you're worried about them going bad and you want to use them now, I would caramelize them like solo. So slice them up, throw them in a skillet with plenty of olive oil and saute them until they're like nice and golden and caramelized. And then you can freeze them. Like I know We all forget about freezing vegetables sometimes that we make on our own, but freezing caramelized onions or roasted garlic is like such a time saver when you're trying to put dinner on the table really quickly and you just pop something out from the freezer and thaw it out. So that's what I would do. In terms of the almond milk, most almond milks are pretty shelf stable. So I would actually hold on to that for right now and like use it for any sort of baking recipes or anything in the future because it's not easy to find milk right now, just being honest. So that's kind of what what my first instinct would be. I hope that's helpful. All right, who is next? Hi, Gabby. This is Maddie calling from Detroit, Michigan. I'm a big fan and have been following you for years. Thanks for always keeping it real and posting amazing recipes. So my question for you is, every time I make a marinara or a bolognese from scratch, it always tastes a little bit flat and never as good as what you'd get in the restaurant. Any tips to give your pasta sauce more dimension or more flavor? I'm just trying to figure out how to make it a bit more zippy, if you know what I mean. Thank you. Bye. Hi, Maddie. Thanks for calling in. Um, Let's talk about sauce because that is one of the most like repetitive questions I get. Repetitive is the wrong word, but I get that question a lot from people ever since quarantine started because everyone's trying to figure out how to like batch sauces and then freeze them. So I have a couple of bolognese recipes and bolognese-ish recipes on whatscobbycooking.com, but I think there are a couple things you want to keep in mind. I don't know what recipe you're using, but most good sauces start with a mirepoix, and a mirepoix is a mixture of onions, onions, 
it depends on the cuisine really, but usually it's onions, carrots, and celery or some places there's garlic in it or something like that. So I think any sauce needs to start with that as the base because that's really going to infuse it with all the different flavors. When you add your meat after you've browned your meat to it, I would add wine, like red or white wine, or honestly, rosé if you have it. Like it's quarantine, all bets are off. So any sort of just like, not a bubbly wine, but like just like a flat wine would give it a little bit of oomph. And also like maybe add some pancetta in there also, like while you're sauteing the beet and give that an extra like level of flavor. Another thing you can do is mix up the kinds of meat you put in there. So the one we did in culinary school was a mixture of pork, beef, and veal. Or so any combination of those would be incredible and amp up the flavor as well. And then cheese. Like, I think cheese is something to really give it a nice salty bite. But the full recipe is on whatsgobbycooking.com. And I think those are pretty zippy. You also could add like a splash of red wine vinegar. I don't, I've never done that before. But if you wanted to like cut it down a little bit and just make it a little brighter, I think that would work. Do you think adding any like heat to it could liven up the recipe a bit and like make it a little more poppy and zingy? Yes, I think adding like some red pepper flakes would be delicious when you're doing the mirepoix. Like, so when you start, you've got olive oil, onions, celery, carrots, and like maybe a teaspoon or two of red pepper flakes. And that way that's going to build the base of the flavor and infuse just like a subtle bit of pop to the whole flavor. So what about sriracha and like putting it on afterwards? Because I know that there have been a couple of times when you've been out of town and me being a little clueless in the kitchen, I've opted to put some sriracha on the bolognese and it's leveled it up for me. What are your thoughts? Do you want to stay married forever? (laughs) That's a hard pass. I can appreciate you putting sriracha on many things, but putting it on a bowl of bolognese that I've been slaving over for six hours is grounds for divorce. All right. So no sriracha on bolognese in the future. I mean, you can do it when I'm not home, but just don't tell me. (laughs) Sorry, babe. All right. Who's next? Hi, Gabby. This is Alyssa calling from Philadelphia. So I just got a brand new Dutch oven. I've never had one before. I'm really excited to use it. So I wanted to know if you have any favorite recipes that you recommend using um, my Dutch oven. It's, I think, three quarts. Um, And then any tips you have for care of it, like washing it. I don't know, just making sure the enamel doesn't chip or anything. Like I want to take really good care of it since it's my first big kitchen, big spending item, I guess. So hope you guys. You and Thomas are staying safe and healthy during quarantine. And thank you for your help. Hi, Alyssa. Thanks for calling in. And congratulations on your first Dutch oven purchase. That is super exciting. I don't think I got my first one. I mean, we got our first Dutch oven when we got married. You know who gave it to us? Pioneer woman who wasn't even invited to our wedding, but she's just like such a G. She somehow found our wedding registry online and sent it to us and reads the best. Um, anyways, let's talk about it because I have so many thoughts in terms of recipes. You can make literally everything in a Dutch oven. You can do one pot pastas. You can do soups like the Italian wedding soup I have on my blog from recently is amazing. Any kind of stew works, any sort of casserole, you can roast chickens in them. Gosh, what else? Uh, short ribs. I have an incredible short rib recipe on what's got to be cooking that uses the Dutch oven. You could do risotto. It just goes on and on. It's great for making uh, beans from scratch if you're not going to use your Instant Pot or something like that. 
Basically, when you're cooking something in a Dutch oven, what I love about it is that it really evenly distributes heat. So if anything's going to be cooking for more than 20 minutes, it's a great option because it just keeps everything really like even keeled the whole time. So hopefully that answers the first part of your question. The second part of your question, I feel like is very exciting to me because I I hope I'm going to blow a lot of people's minds right now. For the most part, you can put your Dutch oven in the dishwasher. I know it's a game changer. It's so amazing. And I do it pretty much every week if there's nothing caked on the bottom. If it's just like, if I just made like a quick sauce in it or something or nothing got burned on the bottom, I will just rinse it in my sink, kind of like take off any debris and then pop it in the dishwasher and let it go. I do it probably for my Dutch oven once or twice a week. If I did it every day, I think it might end up kind of making the enamel not as bright and shiny one day, but I think the amount I do it is fine. The other thing I will say is if you if you have something caked on there, like if you seared a steak and there's like stuff on the bottom that you can't get off, I do two things. One, I will leave it in the sink. I will fill it with water and a little bit of dish soap and let it sit overnight. And that way the water just kind of like breaks down whatever's stuck on there and then use some use a sponge and some elbow grease and get it off the next morning and then pop it in the dishwasher. The other thing I have done before is put more water back into it once it's done, once all the food's out of it and it's just the caked on bits, put some water and some baking soda into it, bring it to a boil and then clean it. Dump all the water, let it cool down and then clean it. Don't you use your Dutch oven as well when you want to keep your kitchen clean and you don't want it to splatter everywhere because of the high walls of the Dutch oven or am I mistaking that? No, you're so spot on. Like if I'm doing like a schnitzel or something like that or chicken parm that I know is going to splatter everywhere, I will use the Dutch oven for that because it kind of catches the oil. Another thing I will add is you never want to clean a hot Dutch oven. Let it cool entirely before you wash it because like I said earlier, those suckers retain heat and we're not trying to burn ourselves. Not on brand. All right, that's it for questions. Let's talk about flour because I feel like during quarantine, I have not been able to find flour. I know a lot of other people are struggling to find flour. When everyone like panic shopped a couple of weeks ago, they bought like 17 bags of flour each and it was really aggressive. And I hope those people are making bread every day. <laughs> but if you're like me, flour is hard to find. So I have discovered this super cool company. Someone sent it to me on Instagram a few days ago. It's called Sunrise Flour Mill. I believe it's based out of Minnesota and they will send you flour that you can have white flour, you can have whole wheat flour, you can have bread flour. You can also get pancake and waffle mix, rye flour, pizza flour, whole wheat pastry flour. Sky's the limit. There is a limit to how much you can order. You can't order like 5,000 pounds of flour, but you can order different weights of it. So if you want a one pound bag, a five pound bag, a 10 pound bag, have at it. Their website is sunriseflourmill.com. We just placed an order this morning and I'm so pumped because things were getting dark. I didn't think I'd be able to make cookies. So we have a five pound bag in route and we're going to keep baking. All right. So check them out, send them some love. And I hope everyone gets baking over the weekend and has lots of scones and pancakes or whatever on hand. Okay. That's it for today's What's Got Me Cooking in Quarantine podcast. Be sure to tune in Monday, Wednesdays, and Fridays for the foreseeable future. If you have any questions you want answered, give us a call. The number is 888-338-4429 and just leave me a voicemail with your name and your question, where you're from, your whole life story, whatever you want to tell me. Or if you have a cool small company that deserves to be featured, you can leave that in the voicemail as well. Make sure you subscribe on whatever platform you're using to listen and follow along with What's Gobby Cooking and What's Thomas Eating on Instagram and Twitter. 
For more recipes, check out whatsgobbycooking.com and I will talk to you guys soon. 